Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Leilani Kurai on the line. How are you, Leilani? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? I am awesome. I've been really looking forward to this conversation so much that I had you booked twice on the same day. <laughs> we will only have to do this once, I promise. Okay. Uh, but you do some amazing and unique, unique work in the HR space. So Thank I'd love you. to have you share with the audience a little about you, and then we'll dive into the conversation on your approach on helping HR do everything that they want and need to do. Yeah, awesome. Uh, a little bit about me. I'm an adventurer. I love to climb mountains. I just completed an Ironman 70. Um, my company is Be The Change HR, and we are a social impact business. So Be The Change HR does uh, HR consulting for small, mid-sized companies. And myself and everyone on this team teaches job readiness courses and one-on-one -on -one job readiness uh, coaching to individuals who are trafficking survivors and those who are transitioning out of homelessness. In fact, 2% of our top-line revenue goes to these efforts. It's amazing, amazing Thanks. work. I used to work in the housing industry, affordable housing, and the people that were in the properties, if they didn't have access to them, they would be homeless and worked with agencies and all of that. And um, a lot of people think, okay, let's give somebody a home. Okay, well, that's step one. Yeah. But they also need to be able to sustain living there and not rely on on support and be able to do what they want to do. So uh, I commend you. And again, one of the reasons why I was so happy to have you on the show is because that's amazing work. Not, It's not typical. You see a lot of agencies say, yeah, we're going to focus on a part of our business on helping those you know, in need. Usually we're dealing with small business, you know, corporate, all that good stuff. But the fact that you help out those people that really, really need it uh, speaks volumes about you and your organization. Thank you very much. I mean, it's, it's why I founded the organization. It's, it's why it exists. I wanted to do HR and philanthropy under one roof. And I didn't even know what a social impact business was when I, when I started it. Uh, and so I'm really, really proud of where we're at today, the impact we make. If I talk about it any longer, I start to tear up because it's just, it is beautiful what we do. It is hard work and we're dedicated to it as a for-profit business, this idea of, you know, we have the ability to give back. So let's do it. And that's a key thing. You said for-profit. Uh, too yeah. often, the nonprofit industry is what does social impact type of work. And yes, corporate might do some things, uh, but not. It, it's just an element of what they do for a variety of different reasons, to give back, tax write-offs, you name it, whatever the case may be. But the fact that your organization is a for-profit organization and you're using your proceeds and revenue and profits to expand this cause again, it is really, really important. And, you know, what, and I guess just go back real quick and then we'll talk about, you know, some of the work that you're doing, uh, but specifically you wanted to build this organization, you know, giving back and also HR. Oh, why? I know why both, but I'm just curious why both? Because usually those are pretty dynamic paths. Yeah. Uh, working in HR, 
working in philanthropy. We'll both mm-hmm. ask for money, but for different reasons. But I'm just curious yeah. as to you know your your thought process when you're designing this organization. I mean, it's it's decades in the making. Um, I you know, much like a lot of us, I went through a really difficult time period. And when I when I teach these classes, um, I share a bit of that story of where I have been and 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 where I'm at now, which is I'm, I'm so grateful for where I'm at now. Um, but back in the day, I at one point when I felt like I was healthy enough, I said I am going to volunteer and help others, you know, who have hit rock bottom, who've been through these terrible situations, find their way to find healthy gainful employment. Now, I've always been an HR professional. So, the natural thing for me to do was, oh, I'm going to volunteer at nonprofits in Orange County, California called Working Wardrobes and WHW. And I started teaching these types of classes. Now, as I moved in my career and as I got to the point where I wanted to start my own business, it was like, I want to do these two things that I've been doing passionately together. And when I launched on day one, it is not the program that we have today. Like many of us who are building businesses and are trying to just figure it out. On day one, I was like, I'm going to do 10% of my profits going to go to nonprofits and I'm going to let my clients pick. And then I will also still volunteer doing this job readiness work. It took years of me figuring out like, how can I really, really integrate this into the business in order to make sure that it was directly tied to the performance of the business, to the money the business makes. And so that's how we're here today. A lot of my personal story, a lot of my personal passion and purpose, and trying to figure out a way within a for-profit business to make this work where we're constantly, we have a a measurement that we're always going for, and that's the 2% of the top line revenue. That's amazing that it's still that foundation because many times when your organization starts growing and changing, you know, and businesses do, you know, a business of 10 people is a lot different than a business of a hundred or 500. So when you're doing that and you you still had that bedrock of, no, 2% is going to be allocated. And so many organizations, especially when they're in growth mode and they need to, you know, we need some additional funding to hit that step. Sometimes they'll say, okay, we're just going to hit a timeout on that for a little bit so we can get this. And then we're going to go right back to it. Uh, I'm thrilled that you didn't. It's just like, no, that's as we grow, that it stays, that that's, that's the key to get into the house. And that's always going to be the key to get in the house. Mm -hmm. We're not changing the key. So that's amazing, amazing work. So what, what are some other things that your organization is doing? Again, peel back the curtain a little bit. Don't give away the kernel's recipe, but just, (laughs) uh, you know, just, you know, some of the things that you're doing that, as we talked about in the beginning is, is different than what we typically see from other HR consultancies. Yeah, you know, um, we do that regular um, super sexy stuff like uh, employee handbooks and advising our clients on things that change uh, in the law on a, on a local level, state level and federal level. And and those are things that um, we help all of our clients with. Um, there, are, there is always something happening in the world that HR folk have to handle. And some of these things are so sensitive. If I even say it, it's like it just, it pulls at the hearts in one way or another. And we're constantly working with that. So 
how we do things a little bit differently is of course, as HR professionals, we got to talk about, here's the law, here's what you have to pay. Like all this stuff that business owners are like, you're killing me, like, you know, with all the stuff that they need to know and the regulations. Um, But there's another aspect of really being in tune with your workforce when something crappy is going on and it affects people. So I'm going to say some words that are difficult right now, Roe v. Wade, right? That's a tough one. I am not going to touch on either side opinion. And what I will say is something that the team does so well and I'm so proud of. And this is what HR professionals do. We teeter the line, right? So some of the stuff that we're handling right now has to do with how employers are going to handle if someone needs to take a leave because they need to travel a long distance in order to get the care that they want, right? Or they need. Um, And so this is delicate stuff. One of the things that I'm always proud of how we operate as HR professionals is to take that like super centered love approach um, and not like, <laughs> I say that as an HR professional, I mean like love, but I mean like really caring for organizations, for leadership, for employees and doing right by everyone. Um, and that really helps kind of focus when things can get really wild out there in opinion and, 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 and how it affects people's hearts and really find that place that's good for the employee and the employer and, and protect everyone else. We, any HR professional knows in COVID, we've went through the like just gamut of emotions and all the things that we had to do in order to continue to support our workforce. And that's another thing instead of, you know, being human resources. And I know a lot of people will connect with this in the field HR that only works for the company. An amazing thing that we can do is make sure that we're doing right by both, not just the company, but the employee as well. And I'll speak for myself. I have lost clients and jobs well, I walked out um, because I didn't agree with something you know I thought was morally wrong, and so that's something I think really important too. Yes, the HR role uh, traditionally a lot of people view it as there to you know work with the leadership and bring in the right people and keep them in line and policies, procedures, and all that other fun stuff. But mm-hmm. HR personnel here the. The darkest of the darkest stories, the challenges, yes, you know, the Roe v. Wade situation is creating all kinds of additional strain on mm-hmm. HR professionals when they were already under so much pressure over these last, the role has always been a pressure cooker, always, and it never mm-hmm. hasn't been. But these last couple of years when people are going to the HR, okay, what, what's the policy on this? we don't have one and we don't work on all of our blogs and groups and all that. And no one's got it. So guess what? We're going to have to make one. And and of course we wait (laughs) for courts, legislation, all this stuff that's always ongoing. How much, let's work. When can they work? Zoom time, you know, all, all these things, you know, came to light and um, it's, it's really created a lot of issues, especially with burnout and stress with HR professionals, because there's no end to it. And they've got, you know, no matter what size their team, everybody's got a different challenge where so many people became caregivers, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they're yeah. now they're a caregiver or they lost loved ones or, mm-hmm. you, you know, it, or, you know, they became ill or, you know, you know, the cost of things makes it harder for and more expensive for people to commute if they had long commutes. So you, you've got just every possible thing that could go wrong. Your HR people are 
hearing all about it. And then they have to navigate those things. Again, balancing what's best for the company, but also protect the employee because that's a that's an important relationship between those two. And unfortunately, there's been silos not implemented by HR. I want to be clear on that. HR didn't do it. <laughs> Don't blame us. Uh, it, it just, you know, things happen over time where that collaboration, a lot of organizations doesn't exist. So there's an us versus them. It's like, wait a minute, you're all working together for a greater good of whatever your company does. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, um, we, we've, I know we all heard of the, the great reshuffle, the great reassessment. I heard another term I thought was super fun. Um, and, and things are changing as well. So I, I'm kind of segue the conversation into um, a philosophy around how we treat our people and about around how we, we, um, we communicate with them. Um, I, you know, in the past, I think it was, normal for people to sort of tell people what to do and when to be there and they, they can't feel at work and, you know, here's the policies and the procedures you need to follow them regardless of what's going on in your life. And, and I really, really like the shift that's happening in leadership and in the workforce of truly listening to employees, um, truly putting yourself in their shoes, if possible, either having sympathy or empathy into the situation that they're going through and always doing right by them first. Um, I do this in my organization. Um, There is no um, time off like requested and granted. It's just taken. Um, There are no questions asked if someone needs to take off one day or six months. Doesn't matter. Um, Of course, we take into account all the leave laws, but at the same time, how we treat our people here supersedes that. And it's just Take what time you need. What support do you need? Always giving the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, everyone's always telling the truth and, and leading with that. Uh, and I think that's something I'm seeing that is helping businesses either truly um, excel and succeed. If you have that safe work environment where people can say, hey, just simply, I'm having a shitty day. Can I take the day? Yeah. Of course, you want to take tomorrow off too. You just let me know versus like, no, we've got reports that are due and you need to be, you know, it just doesn't make sense anymore for everything that we've been through to demand someone to do something. Instead, we ask, instead, we put them first. Um, and I think with that type of safety and with that type of trust, it really leads to an organization that cares more and moves faster. So, and also navigates you know, the ever-changing times that we see. And mm-hmm. I. this is always my leadership mantra. And I, I think back to my boss named Rick that I worked with at a internet market research firm two decades ago. It was my first day. I was in the support, IT support department. And he came up to my cubicle. It was around 3.30. It was actually 3.32 exactly. I remember looking at the clock thinking, okay, here's the new boss. He's like, okay. I said, I just got to lay down some ground rules. I'm like, okay, here we go. This is what it is. And he kind of leans in. He looks at me. He says, I don't care when you get here. I don't care when you leave. Make sure you let me know all the tools you need to do your job well. Do your job well. And I'll stay out of your way. I'm here if you need me. Here's all my information. Reach me whenever you need to. But welcome to the team. And I thanked him and went away. And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I'm like, great. I'm like, I'm like, did I bump my head on a server rack or something? Am I bleeding anywhere? What is this? 
And that has stuck with me for two decades. And anywhere that I had the opportunity to lead, that was my rule. I, mm-hmm. And, and I, there was one organization, a healthcare organization I went into, and they had an interim director for a while. And their first one was unceremoniously shown the door. So it, unfortunately, it was a really toxic environment where they were annually having around 86% turnover. Yes, eight, wow. six. Um, and it wasn't a McDonald's. It was a healthcare with master's level and above educated people. They were just turning because it was just a horrible, toxic environment. Mm. After one year there, that number dropped to 6%. And all I did was listen, showed that I Mm. cared, gave them all the tools that they needed, made sure I was available if they needed me, checked in on them occasionally, and let them do their job and get creative. And next thing you know, that organization was making more revenue, expanded, all kinds of things, just because people were living this life of, I'm valued. I feel safe here. They, they're implementing a project that I had wanted to put forth for three years, and now I'm running this project on my own. It, they're just like, they're motivated to go to work. And yeah. all I did was I just let them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, and that's, you know, the guidance that your organization is giving, and obviously the, the work that you're doing to help people get those skills and training so they can get into the workforce and make an impact in society is so so incredibly important. I really appreciate, appreciate all you're doing. So where can people find out more about you and all this awesome work you're doing? Yeah, we are on all the plat, all of them, even TikTok at Be The Change HR. So you can find us there. Uh, and then you're welcome. You have an invite to reach out to me personally. You can find me on LinkedIn, Leilani Cure. Um, and you're welcome to email me, Leilani at BeTheChangeHR.org. I'd love to hear from you. I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So thank you again so much for your time and and more importantly for this amazing work you're doing. The world needs more of you. So thank you so much for everything you're doing. (laughs) You're very welcome. Thanks for listening to The The Breakfast Breakfast Leadership Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.